everyone to the last episode of 2020 of the Brown and Black podcast. My name is Jack Rico. And I'm Mike Sargent. And this is the Brown and Black podcast. We want to thank you, all of you, uh, for Mike. It's like the last nine months (laughs) of doing the show. This has been one of the most fulfilling experiences by your side, just the conversations we're having. The guests have reached out to us to thank us for these conversations. And I never thought that this would ever have any, that type of influence in any way. You know, I think when you start, you're so humble about everything that you don't even think one person would listen. Here's the situation, Mike, that I have for this Christmas episode is that It sucks when you're doing really well. You know you're doing really well on your podcast, but some sort of sponsor or your podcast network is like, oh, by the way, that's not enough. You need hundreds of thousands of downloads because the thousands that you've gotten, it's not good enough. So it's always this you're not good enough thing. And I don't think they listen to themselves when they tell you that. Well, that's the way the system works. The system needs to be reworked. You know, I have to say, you you know, if we're going to be uncensored here and we're not. <laughs> hey, Mike, listen, and we're not no nudie pics here, you know, over the audio. Uh, okay? No nudie pics. OK. All right. <laughs> we're uncensored and and no filter. So without naming names, you know, watching Ma Rainey and part of the, the, the setup for Ma Rainey is that, you know, she's going to a recording studio. It's the 1920s. They're the white owners. They're profiting from her music. You know she's getting underpaid. And the whole idea that all these large, quote-unquote, podcast platforms are getting all this content. They're running ads in all the content. You probably heard an ad in our show. We don't get anything for that ad. I am certain when they sell ads, they're like, okay, we can put you on X amount of shows. We're part of that Mm -hmm. X. And we don't get anything. So it's become the template for these companies to recast themselves. And if you see Netflix has just set up this thing where you can have audio only and watch their movies. Oh, I did not even know that. Interesting. When did that happen? I like this week. Ah, no wonder. Yeah, that's like what YouTube actually charges you to just listen to the YouTube videos. It's like a premium you got to pay for. I'm like, I'm not paying for that stuff. So what does that tell you? That tells you that in a culture that has taken multitasking to a new level and has romanticized being ADD. Everybody's doing something else at the same time. People can't go to a movie without getting on their phone. They don't watch something on TV without doing something else at the same time. But if you're a podcast, it's really designed, just like an audiobook, places where people are in cars, radio, audiobooks. Audio is huge, and it's never going to go away. It's inexpensive. Yeah. And it's inexhaustible. Yep. And so I feel as a creator of that content, there's a point where just like in Ma Rainey, shouldn't we at some point be in control of that and not just have to be so thankful that we're part of this larger thing that gets sold and marketed and commodified? Right. I think when you're starting out, you're the fool, um, unfortunately. And I think a lot of these businessmen understand that. You know, the problem is, is that I've never been able to be that type of person, Mike. I respect people because I know what the level of ground blue collar work uh, has done. The fact that I'm a brown person, I'm a Latino, uh, and I know what that means in white America. 
uh, all of these things have have have, I guess, to a certain extent, have made me a fool when I first started particular industries. I didn't know any better. I didn't know who to go to. I didn't have any mentor. So you kind of prostitute yourself until you notice that you're doing it or someone might actually tell you. You're like, hey, you know, you're being taken advantage of. But why can't see this is what I hate about capitalism. Why can't capitalism have a heart? Why does it have to be so ruthless? Why does it have to be always about the money? We're all human beings. I don't know if that means anything to people anymore. And I don't, I seriously don't know if that means anything to business owners who don't really care about other people's humanity except their own selfish humanities. And, you know, this is, we're getting, this is supposed to be a Christmas episode, Mike. We're getting into like the nitty gritty of capitalism. Well, we should just Listen, start talking a little bit about Christmas, man. First of all, you can't talk about Christmas and not talk about capitalism or commercialism. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> how can you talk about Christmas? I mean, what is Christmas other than, I don't know if you saw Fat Man. Did you no, see Fat Man? Just the name alone is like, okay. why would I watch a movie or a documentary sure. called Fat Man? All right. <laughs> first of all, it's not a documentary. Second of all, you do not expect it to be good. It's Mel Gibson plays a an alcoholic, sad sack Santa Claus who's unhappy because there's no Christmas spirit. But the premise is that the government subsidizes Santa because Santa represents this huge commercial empire and there's lots of money being made. So it's a social commentary. It's such it's so you do not expect it to be what it is. I highly recommend seeing it. I highly recommend seeing it. Christmas is like in the sergeant household. All right. Now, here's the thing. When my daughter's here, okay, there's this one song I play every Christmas. Do you know how Christmas trees are grown? They need some been playing it to her since she was a kid now she's not living with me now went off to california college all that so that's the funny part about me still giving her gifts to say santa but i play this one song and i have a little tree i have one of those little charlie brown trees like two feet high and you know and i'll put up i get tons of cards every year or whatever so i'll put up lights i'll light up that whole little tree when she's here when she's not here there have been christmases i don't put up anything if no she's Christmas not here, tree. Ah, no Christmas tree, because I'm not like, I, I don't like, I'm not that person. Now, I used to do a radio show with a guy who would come on and every Christmas, the whole month of December, he's wearing bells around his neck. I'm like, get away from me. You know, he, he was so like annoyingly happy about Christmas in that time. And I was cheer. too, man. I was too. I used to be that guy, man. And, really? And, yeah. And now in my older age, I just feel that the impact... Yeah. has waned and I'm no longer as euphoric or enthusiastic about it. But listen, that doesn't mean that I delete it from my life, you know? No. I, I just, I'm sorry. It's it's just that at some point, 
it's the the euphoria isn't as intense about Christmas. I like to, I don't know. It just really depends on the year. This 2020 year, man, I'm not into the Christmas mood as I was maybe last year or the year before. You know, and again, this comes down to, and and I do want to know what Christmas specifically means to you now. But for me, because you made me think about this now, talking about it. For me, Christmas is, I've had to create my own rituals. You know, Uh, I used to have, you know, uh, again, when I was young and had running with the boys, uh, every Christmas, New Year's, we would either watch the first three Star Wars movies, or we would watch. Uh, oh, that's you know, fun though, Planets. man. That was that was when your no, family and I would, comes over. Listen, I would rent the projector. Christmas, I would ah, rent the projector. That. I'd rent the projector, and that was my thing. I had the big. I put. I had a screen. Make a long story short, so I had my own rituals. The other thing I would do around the holidays is creative projects. That's when I would delve into. I didn't have to do other things. Delve into my creative projects, and then the final thing I think for me. Christmas and especially New Year's, because this is our last show of the year. So I consider this just, this is Christmas, but it's Christmas, New Year's. Mm-hmm. It's a time similar to birthdays where you, you got to pause. You know, you have to pause because you are being forced to acknowledge the passage of time. Where have I been? Where am I at now? Where am I going? There's an acknowledgement of the passage of the time. And so that's what it is for me. So it's, a, it's kind of a reflective time. It's time yeah, for me, me to kind of that. That's what it is for me. That's what this time of the it's year about is. Reflection. It's about reflection more than you know. Gift giving's fine, and sure, I love you know seeing something that I know somebody would like, and like, yes, Jack would love this. I'm going to get this golden banana, you know, or whatever. it <laughs> Thank is. Thank you, Mike. That you thought of a golden banana for me. That has so many sexual innuendos right, no, in there, see, dude. You're reading it Come too. You're on, reading Mike. it too. All right, fine. Okay, golden <laughs> you apple. Picked something else. <laughs> <laughs> but you picked the banana. All right, I just ate the banana. I just platano. ate one. I just ate platano. Golden platano. <laughs> okay. Golden <laughs> platano. <laughs> That's our award every year. And the golden platano goes to. All right. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I enjoy that. I do enjoy creative gift giving. I enjoy getting something for someone that like, that's, it's so them and you get them that thing. I, I do enjoy that, but it's not the key thing. I agree with you that, yeah, if you care about someone, I, I could get you a gift any time of the year. I would say, Jack, I got you this thing because <laughs> this golden <laughs> Oh God! Because I know you eat a lot of plut. No. Anyway, I'm just. <laughs> Wait a minute. In what way? What are I'm you talking saying, about? You're, see, you're reading into it. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, uh, Maduros. Okay. All right. All so, right, all, right. all right. All right. So, I'm just saying that I do enjoy that part. I think men, to some extent, as opposed to saying "I love you," you'd rather take some action to show love. So right. being thoughtful, I enjoy the idea of doing something thoughtful. But like you said, I, I can do that anytime throughout the year. You know, mm-hmm. Christmas is a symbol. You're supposed to get somebody something. I don't know if the, the most awkward thing is when you know somebody and you think like, okay, we're friends or whatever. And then they buy you a gift and you're like, dude. Like, yeah, because it catches like, you off guard. Yeah, because you, you talk I, about it. I wasn't even thinking we were exchanging gifts. Awkward Christmas gifts. Awkward exchange. Christmas exchange. Yeah. So what about you? So this is what I really want to know. What, what does Christmas mean to you? To me, Christmas, 
the most fun I have at Christmas is when I am fully detached from any type of work, from any type of anything. I'm in my pajamas for like a week. Uh, I watch movies, get together with my brother. When my brother and I get together for Christmas, man, it's a lot of fun. Uh, my wife and I, you know, set up the tree, put the lights on. She loves to be in the Christmas spirit, you know. And even though it's waned on me, I love her her enthusiasm for it. And it keeps me, you know, going. Um, it's really about love and about courtesy and being nice and, and being good-hearted around that time. So I, I try to practice that. I try to call my friends that I haven't spoken to in a long time. You know, I, I would mm. say I'm a better version of myself mm. around the Christmas holidays, uh, around Thanksgiving. But it's weird because once that's over, it's like this this country, man. And I don't know outside of this country, but this country, it's back to business. It's back to being ruthless. It's back to all the disappointments I hate, you know, about our society, about our country. So I think... Christmas is a bit of a refuge for me, man. It, it's where it is like a fantasy. It, it it it's where I can be a kid for a long time. I I used to do thirty days of Christmas, so I used to take a calendar, and beginning December first, I would create a Christmas calendar for Jack Rico. So, uh, because I'm in the media business, I would call all the press tickets for the Broadway shows, for the Philharmonic, for the Nutcracker, uh, any in New York, anything going on Christmassy, the carolers at Washington Square Park, I would go. And it would be 30 days, well, more wow. like 25 days. I never I knew check. you. I never knew you when you were Christmas Jack. Oh yeah, and then I would cross them out day one. All right, boom, I, I I did it. I used to go to the New York Pops Orchestra at Carnegie Hall every single year. I would bring my mom. I would bring my brother. I would bring my wife. I, I would bring my friend. You know, it it was about if the city's gonna go all out, then I'm gonna take advantage of it. And then I think after years of doing it. Going to Radio City Musical just doesn't seem so urgent anymore. You want to miss these things a little bit. Um, I did want to ask you about Christmas movies. And if you had a favorite Christmas movie. I'll be honest, not anymore. You know, when I was a kid, March of the Wooden Soldiers. Uh, Then, you know... Uh, You know, it's Christmas when Charlie Brown Christmas, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Rankin Bass. I loved all those. I I can't say. The Yogi Bear Christmas special. The Flintstones Christmas specials were my favorite growing up. Really? Yogi Bear? especially. The Yogi Bear Christmas special was my favorite Christmas show growing up, man. Wow. All right. Well, mine was definitely the Charlie Brown and, and the Rankin Bass, you know, the whole like story of Santa. Santa Claus is coming to town. That was it. Now, Christmas themed movies, I probably would still say Die Hard. I'd say that's still probably one of the best Christmas. Is that a real Christmas themed movie? Well, it takes place during Christmas Eve. So I know, but does that make it a Christmas movie? Well, yeah. Okay, you are right. I want you to define. I mean, clearly there are Christmas movies that Christmas Christmas this year, movies to me are What's any, a Christmas movie? Okay, to me a Christmas movie is a movie whose whole theme is about Christmas. It's not an afterthought, it's not the background, it's not the timing of it, 
but they're not about Christmas. They're not about Santa. They're not about gifts. To me, Die Hard takes place in Christmas, but I don't think it's about the Christmas spirit, the Christmas customs, the traditions. There's no sleighs. Like Bad Santa is a Christmas movie, you know? It's an adult Christmas movie. Those are Christmas movies to me. Interesting. So what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, maybe Love Actually is something that I've kind of gotten into. That's uh, a great film. That's a great I, film. It's, it's, it's about love. It's about single love and flawed love. It's about all the types of variations of love that happen around Christmas, you know? One of the worst ones I saw recently was Last Christmas with Henry Golding and uh, the, yeah, I I remember the name of like, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Great concept, just executed poorly. Yes, poorly. it was and badly so, written. Yeah, I saw that. So you're not going to do anything. So you're not doing anything for this uh, Christmas? No, you're staying well, home? Is it, a, is uh, it a, a regular Monday? You know. Well, okay, I'll be honest with you, uh, since we're being uncensored. My daughter's supposed to come to town, but we're debating that because of how bad COVID is right now. Yeah. You know, and it's not just COVID in L.A. and LAX and how bad it is. And, the, you know, they had to shut down L.A. practically. But also... The UK, they have a new strain, and we have yeah. no restrictions. They're flying into JFK six times a day. Yeah. So the new strain is here. It's going to it's probably in America now. It will be. Come on, you got yeah, flights yeah, coming yeah. in six times a day. I mean, let's well, just Cuomo do the math. said. Cuomo said that I know. He told Delta and all the airports, hey, don't bring them over here anymore. After today, yes, Tuesday that we're recording this. Yes, this is a good time for the aliens to come down now. <laughs> Mike, since this is like New Year's, we we haven't really talked about 2020 and 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 reflect a little bit about what 2020 has really done to us. I think a lot of people who are doing well are like, oh man, I love, you know, I love 2020. 2020's been great for me. But let's really sort of study the impact of the stuff subconsciously that's happened to all of us. How would you describe 2020 for you? Interesting. It was a mix of things. I'll say that, you know, uh, was it a good year? Was it a bad year? Was it somewhere in between? Uh, I would say in many ways it was better year. It it, it really was not a, a bad year. I would say, I mean, clearly it is a bad year in the you know history of humanity, the right, country, but for you, but for yeah, you, but for me personally, uh, even though I got COVID and recovered, um, it was not, it was a good year for me creatively. Uh, it was a good year for me. I, I was I, I finished some projects I'm proud of, some some screenplays, some some uh, I did work. I taught a class I'm proud of. I, I adapted to technology quickly. I, I I made some good connections with people in the business. I started a, this great podcast. This podcast and 2020 are forever tied together for me now because we we launched something at a time. We've looked back on what it was like in the 60s. You know, neither of us were around to experience the 60s, but we know it was a time of civil unrest and change in this country. For us, this 2020, in our adult years, this is a pivotal time. And for us to have 
and for me anyway, personally, to have evolved in my career to where I'm not just covering and telling my thoughts on somebody else's story or being a film critic, culture critic, or music. I'm contributing to the conversation. I've decided that my perspective, my viewpoint is valid and worth something. And I guess it's something, being on radio for so long, I, I would talk about things, but there are things I would shy away from to a certain extent. Having a partner like you and having the focus of this show has afforded me the ability to do some things, not only that I've wanted to do, but things I didn't realize I wanted to do. 2020 has been an instructive, productive, and insightful year. A lot of things have changed and have happened in 2020. So I can't say that it was a bad year. What about you? Uh, this has been an incredibly interesting year. I think it was a growth year for me as a person, as an individual. You know, I thought I thought I had everything kind of figured out. And I noticed that there was a ceilings that I had not broken um, that I did. So for example, I became a teacher. Um, I became an adjunct professor at a university, which you were one of my guests. Um, so you saw, you know, me doing something that I had never done before, man. And, and, and it's pretty cool, you know, that there was a witness there, to someone to see you in real time, um, to, to, to see what that's like. And I think what I learned from the teaching experience is how awesome it is to be connected with the gener the younger generation, uh, because we get older and all we hear are those older people talking to us. It's essentially an echo chamber. And these kids are offering innovative ideas. They're open-minded. They, they're, they're sponges. They're absorbing everything. So that made me grow as a person. It made me empathize their situation a lot more. It made me look at the educational system completely different and how to me it's a profit machine, man. It does... When money is involved and you're trying to make money, you're pushing people in the middle of a pandemic to go back to, like, this is the stuff that's disappointed me also. The fact that teachers are so underpaid. By the way, we Biden just picked a, a Puerto Rican to be the replacement for Betsy DeVos as the new education secretary. His name is Miguel Cardona. And the guy used to be, I think he was the first Latino educational secretary in Connecticut. The guy comes from public schools. He only took Spanish when he first got to this country. I mean, this dude is the public school face of America. I mean, he, he's so in other words, somebody who actually has educational experience yes. in the role of the head of Let's education. Let's not even get into it, man. Let's yeah. not even get into it. So I think that educational part was an interesting part for me. Doing this podcast and the commitment to both of our pod, both of the podcasts the brown and black and the highly relevant one. Um, the achievement we've gotten, Forbes magazine, Apple banner. I mean, these are things that were incredible to me. And I think I became my most woke in my life ever during this year. The George Floyd death, dude, it did a number on me. I would say that I suffered a level of micro trauma or post-traumatic syndrome, some sort of PTSD with that. I, I am not the same person I was pre-George Floyd. And that allowed me to have the anger 
to be able to read up on history that I did not do because I was so caught up in culture and entertainment. And I wanted to know nothing of hard news or politics or fires and deaths and murders and races. I don't want to know any of that stuff. That, that stuff makes you sick, man. So I had no choice. And once I learned the ugly truth, you can only imagine the crazy change that happened to me psychologically, physically. I just felt that I needed to contribute some sort of positive change in some way. And I think that that's where this podcast comes in, you know? I'm not going to say that this was a, a bad year because it wasn't. That, that, that would be a lie. I had a great year professionally and personally. And I sometimes feel a little bit guilty about it. So this has been one of the most interesting years for personal development on my end. And I got to tell you, I think I'm a better person for it. Wow. You know, that's interesting. A lot of what you said I, I can relate to. And, um, you know, I do remember when everybody was talking about, you know, quarantine and the quarantine lifestyle, I was like, uh, I, I live I live yeah. the quarantine lifestyle, you know, yeah. working because I work from home anyway. So that was not, you know, definitely miss going out, but it, it was not as hard an adjustment as I think it was for a lot of people who spend, you know, 75% of their day outside of their home. So, uh, well, Jack, I am very glad that we're heading into a new year and, you know, clearly there are changes in the wind for brown and black and for us. And I really clearly, hope 2021 is a great year, Mike. I really do. I think this country needs it. I think the people that live here need it. I think people all around the world need it. But America has not discombobulated to this level compared to other countries, man, that have handled it differently, like Italy or Germany or even the UK. They've gone through. The, I mean, I would say that that's, that country has also suffered a lot. But us, man. This country doesn't even resemble what the country looked like before, you know, the pandemic. So I'm crossing my fingers so much, man, that 2021 is actually a great year for everyone. Hopefully this Biden administration, it looks like it's doing all the right things that one would want from a president. And hopefully there's going to be a trickle-down effect within the diversity and inclusion industry that will help us, that it will help more brown and black people when it comes to small businesses and black wealth and education and higher education for them. And hopefully we can achieve some sort of equality. And it's that's going to be the conversation, I think, for our podcast, is making sure that now that the tools have been implemented, now that the authority positions have been filled by many brown and black folks, it's going to make sure that they don't get comfortable in not carrying out what they're supposed to do in these roles. So, uh, Or I would like to believe, you know, you say Hope 2020. I, I believe, you know, again, the aliens could still land and, you know, they're, they're, you know there's a new strain of it's not going to be easy. There's still a lot to get through. But I, I do believe in terms of politically worldwide at the very least in this country, if the last four years was a backlash to the Obama era, then hopefully what's coming will be the inverse and a backlash in the opposite direction, a realigning of our priorities environmentally, racially, culturally, economically. Just the structure, the reason things are so screwed up in this country is because this country is so screwed up. 
said mike um i want to wish you oh and uh merry christmas i was just gonna say that uh i wish you a merry merry christmas i wish you a happy new year and my friend i can't wait to talk to you again on the brown and black podcast beginning january 8th which is where our next episode will drop in the meantime to all of you folks thank you so much i mean it from the bottom of our hearts Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for believing in the show. Thank you for engaging with us. Thank you for downloading the show and it being a part of your life. We love to do this. We want to continue to do it. And 2021, hopefully, will be our year. With that said, we leave you with a brown and black Christmas song from the Zilla Corona Carol, available on all digital platforms. Happy 2021. Christmas. <laughs>
inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.